You're listening to a main session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. Yeah, thank you so, so much. What a huge, huge honor. Thank you to Dino and to the entire lead team. I've considered it. Uh, just a privilege to be standing on this platform uh, here today. You know, I think it's easy. We're seven years old. Our church plant, we had an amazing journey, uh, which is a whole nother talk of God leading us, speaking to us to the point of saying we are going to go plant a church, step off into the unknown. And it was a beautiful, amazing story. We moved to Fort Collins and then you can look through. We're seven years old. We've got two locations and God's doing an amazing, amazing work. And we can see those, whether it's my story or Church of the Highlands story or whatever. And we think, wow, that's amazing. That's what I want. And you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Because four months before our first launch day, uh, our first launch in 2012, February, in Colorado, Fort Collins, had not lived in this city, had not grown up in this city, didn't know a soul in this city when I moved there. And four months before, I, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning with this cloud over my head, my heart racing, my uh, cold sweat, and thinking, oh, I'm just a little nervous. And then it happened the next day. And the next day, and the next day. So I thought, well, I've got a lot of things on my mind. I must need to write them down. So I put the notepad next to the bed and started writing all the things that were you know, in my head, but, and, and, but I couldn't go back to sleep. And the next day, four o'clock in the morning. The next day might've been three o'clock in the morning. Next day might've been 4.30. But either way, it was way, 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 way before my alarm and way before Jesus got up that day, I'm just saying. <laughs> and day after day after day after week, I found myself in a place I had never been before. I was anxious. I was, I would wake up heart racing, cold sweat, fingers tingling. And I couldn't, it wasn't like, well, I guess I'll just get up today and go for a run. Like it was, it would, it would stay like that all day long. And I was getting afraid. I'm thinking I, I, I need to be the sharpest I've ever been in terms of mentally in my life. I'm afraid of making bad decisions and all the things that are going on. I brought a friend to the art conference, a, a staff member last year, and, and he, he asked me, he knew about some of my story, but he said, he's he, listening to the, to the speakers and he said, does every pastor here deal with anxiety? I said, well, I think it's a pretty common theme. We live in an age where one in five people are on some sort of anti-anxiety depression medication. The highest number of, uh, the, 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 the area or demographic that's growing the most is teenagers today. We are living in an epidemic of anxiety. Millions of people on sleeping aids. And here I found myself getting ready to launch a church Launching a church and waking up four o'clock in the morning under a cloud thinking, I, I can't do this. People would ask me, are you having fun? I'd say, no, I'm not having fun. I mean, I, God is in this, but I am not having fun. Can we just be like honest right now? And I thought, I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think this is, you know, I just this, I, I, I must have chose the wrong city. Maybe I didn't really hear God. 
And then you read the scripture that says, don't be anxious about anything. And I'm like, I'm anxious about everything. And if I couldn't be, if I could stop being anxious, I would, I would stop, but I just can't. I just wake up there. You wake up in that spot. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You didn't think your way into it. You didn't have negative thoughts that led you there. You just woke up in the pit. And over the, la- over the last seven years, I've had this journey of walking out of that pit. And it started because I, 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 you know, there's lots and lots of reasons you can say that it started, but I, but I found myself in this place where I would try, I, I found this, you can't think your way out of it. And I thought, well, if I could just, you know, well, that's not true and this isn't true. And I found myself actually going deeper. And so one day I was reading the scriptures and Psalm chapter 22, verse 24, he says, for he has not, God has not despised the cries of deep despair. I found myself in deep despair. He's my first responder to my sufferings, and he didn't look the other way when I was in pain. He was there all the time, listening to the song of the afflicted. I thought, I don't need to be thinking, I need to be singing. Worship is a weapon. And can I just suggest to you that you start with worship? Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In that particular verse says, I will help you. I will uphold you. I will strengthen you. See, I think we get mixed up here when we think that we're fighting fear. God is the real fear fighter. And when we worship, we're bringing everything to God and we're saying, God, I need you. And God becomes the fear fighter. See, you cannot think your way through any, everything, but you can worship your way through anything. <laughs> worship is a weapon, but it persisted. I started to, it raised my spirits middle of the night, four o'clock in the morning. I'd make myself make my way out of my bed and I'd go out into the living room and I'd worship. And I tried to go back to sleep and maybe for a little while, but it persisted. And I had a thought that crossed through my mind for the first time in my life. I, maybe the only way out of this is to take my own life. I didn't, it was like, it was the enemy dropping it into my head. I told my wife, she said, you need to call somebody. I cannot encourage you enough. Do not fight this alone. Call somebody, tell somebody, tell a group of close friends. And I thought, oh, I can't do this. I'm so supposed to be the strong pastor. So I called some friends. Thank God for Chris Hodges. Thank God for, for my overseers. Thank God for people like that. And I ended up telling a group of our leadership team. And I thought, this is it. This is, it's over. It's over. I'm about, I am on, I'm crashing and burning the church. And we've barely started. And I told them, I said, this is what's going on right now. I'm struggling. I said, you may think, ah, I can't follow you. You're, I'm out of here. You respect. And somebody said, you know what, Aaron? I respect you more. I thought, what? Because they heard somebody that was real. So do not fight it alone. And I found myself a little more strengthened, but it persisted. 
I can tell you that on, in one, the first year, I had a good night's sleep less than five nights in the first year. That does not feel good. And so it's been a journey of walking through this, worshiping through it all, telling and reaching out and finding strength in the people around me. But I think the biggest breakthrough came when I realized that whenever I was going to bed at night, I was, I was sleeping on a pillow of pressure. And you know, the pressure can kill you, especially if that pillow gets on top of you. And as I was reading the scripture, I came across Mark chapter one, Verse nine, it says, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, sometimes we read the scripture and we, we listen to it or we read it a little robotically. This is my son. Well pleased. I love him. No, 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 no. I think that is missing the absolute intensity of this particular passage. I think the, 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 I think heaven burst open because God's heart was bursting for his son. And this is God, his father, overlooking the balcony of heaven and saying, that's my boy. That's my boy right there. I love my boy. Oh, I'm so proud of my boy. So proud of my boy. Now, this is the amazing thing. Jesus hadn't done anything. He hadn't healed the sick. He hadn't raised any lame people, any dead people, nothing. Proud of my boy. I was laying my head on the pillow of pressure because, you know, I'm comparing. I'm thinking I'm not a good enough leader. I come to the art conference, supposed to be encouraging, and I'm thinking, look at that guy, look what they're doing. And, uh, you know, and then you look on Instagram, and, and they're like, you know, hundreds or thousands of salvations and baptisms. And you're like, I would just love that many people to show up at my church. <laughs> Heaven bursts open. And God communicates. It's my boy. I love him. And I'm proud of him. And then... It says, verse 12, at once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He went into pressure, but he started with pleasure. He went into the pressure. Oh, there's pressure. But he was fueled by pleasure. By the pleasure of a father. We need to lead from a place of pleasure, not a place of pressure. For me, you know what that meant? It meant coming to a place where I can lay my head, not on the pillow of, of pressure, but I can lay my head on the pillow of pleasure. God, you love me. You're proud of me. We didn't have a great Sunday this last Sunday, but you're proud of me loves me, 
heart bursts for me. He delights in you, loves you. You know the other time? There's another section, it's Matthew 17, where Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration and we hear the same thing from God. It's the only times we know what God said to Jesus and he, in specifically in terms of prayer and he, he's up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Elijah and Moses, of course, Matthew, uh, Peter, James, and John are there and he says, this is my son whom I love and him I'm well pleased. What was that right before? Him going to the cross. Wanted him to be fueled as he goes into a place of pressure by pleasure. Psalm chapter 51, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. It doesn't say restore unto me the joy of my calling. Restore unto me the joy of my accomplishments. Restore unto me the joy of everything I've done or how I am in comparison to any other church. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, that I am a loved son of God Almighty. I love my boy. It's my boy. I'm so proud of my boy. I have four sons, Parker, Cohen, Brooks, and Smith, and associates. It's a nice little law firm. And one of my sons provides for me wonderful opportunities for instruction, regularly, <laughs> consistently. And you know what I found myself doing? Instructing him all the time. All the time. And there was a lot of tension in our relationship. It was, it was tough, it was, it was annoyance. I found myself just regularly annoyed and disappointed and come on, and that was coming through in my tone. Oh, come on, eat with your mouth closed, you know? I mean, whatever it was. And as this has come alive in my heart, I thought, I am putting a lot of pressure on my son. And I have a job as a parent to train, no doubt. But I want him to feel first and foremost the delight and pleasure of a father. You know what I do now? When he walks in or when I see him in the morning, oh, it's so good to see you. Oh, so great to see you. How are you? And I see like 14 things that I want to correct and need to be addressed. I love you. Oh, how are you? I mean, we'll get to that later. And do you, can I just tell you, it has like transformed my relationship with my son. Because we'll get to that, but you know what? He actually now responds to the direction because he's fueled by the pleasure of a father. So what if we slept on pillows of pleasure, not pillows of pressure? See, I'm, I'm convinced that I love leadership books and we get leadership talks and we get leadership conferences and all that kind of stuff, but I'm actually convinced that we don't need more leaders and leader conferences and all that kind of stuff. We need more sons and daughters who lead. Don't get me wrong, I'm not dishing, dissing all of that kind of thing. I'm just saying we need more sons and daughters who lead. Yeah. 
because it means that we start from a place of pleasure in order to engage the pressure. And so I just want to take a moment here. The way, you know, we can say, oh, that's such a great idea in my head, but there's something about getting it to sink into our hearts. So you know what I've done for the last year? Every morning I read my Bible and I sit, I have this chair, me, my coffee, God. I mean, it's just, you know, that's, that's how it works. And, and I'll, I'll just sit there. I actually put a timer on my phone so I don't have to worry about like, oh, how long's it been? Do I have to get it to this or whatever? And I just sit and I'm not trying to tell God anything. I'm not trying to listen for anything. No vision. I, there's times for that. I, I love that. But in this moment, all I want to do is sit with Jesus and experience and hear his delight. I just love being with you. Just love being with you. I sit there and I just feel like it's me and Jesus and I just, I just like you. If you're into the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram three. I'm an achiever. I'm a performer. You know what my like my big thing inside of me is? Is anybody delight in me for me or just for my achievements? And so I'm sitting with God. He's like, proud of you, no matter what you do. I'm for you. I got a calling. All that stuff's true but I delight in you. I just like being with you. Can't get enough of you. Oh, that's my boy. And sometimes it's just like sitting and sometimes it just feels like, can I just encourage you? Make it a discipline. You know, because I've known it in my head. I grew up in church. I know that. I know that. But now I know it. So can you just... Close your eyes, bow your heads for a moment. I just want to pray. For some of you, for some of you here, you, you've, you've been reaching for some things that you shouldn't be reaching for in the middle of the night. See, we need to pay attention to what we reach for when we're in pain. Sometimes we reach for Netflix. Sometimes we reach for sleep. Sometimes we reach for a substance, but I think God is calling us to reach for him, to reach for him in worship, to reach out to others, and ultimately to experience the delight of God. And so as you have your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to ask, would you be brave enough if you're here today and you're like, yeah, that's me, I experience, and I know there's a spectrum of anxiety, but if you're here today and you say, yeah, that is me, I am struggling, that's, you've described something of what I've experienced, would you just raise your hand up? Yeah, hands all over. Because sometimes we can just see the smiles on the outside and think they're good. So Holy Spirit of God, would you speak your delight into each one of your sons and daughters here today? Restore to each one of us the joy of our salvation, being welcomed by a father 
that says, welcome home. It's my boy. It's my girl. So Holy Spirit, I pray that each person here would not hear my words, but would be hear the words of the Father. I love my son. I love you. I love you, my daughter. And I take so much pleasure, so much delight in you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this session from the ARC Conference. Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations, and to register for an upcoming ARC Conference, visit artconference.com.